Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And now sports. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. The only local sports morning show in Central Texas. Austin's all sports leader, The Horn. Rolling on on a Tuesday morning with a lot to do. Coming up bottom of the hour, we again go behind the burn orange curtain talking Texas football. Five practices in to their training camp. Steve Sarkeesian said yesterday was the most intense yet. Some early standouts as well. Also, uh, for the end of the hour, we'll go off the record. In our next hour, we got to hit number 19 in our Ian Rod V countdown to number one, the Horn Top 20 poll. And uh, yesterday we hit Texas Tech, the Red Raiders. Checked in with Chris Level out there in Lubbock. The uh, optimism is high. I thought Chris Level made a good point yesterday, Rod, saying that uh, they check all the boxes. They don't really have a, a huge hole on the team. But the question is, do they have enough star power? Do they have enough mm-hmm. like high-end players to carry you through some of those tougher games in the Big 12 Conference? And uh, But Texas Tech, really solid. Our number 19 okay. team today that we will feature may feature one of the five or six best players in all of college football. Drake May. Drake May at quarterback. Yeah, te- uh, North Carolina will be our 19th ranked team in the countdown. Your guy, Mac Brown. Mac Brown. I mean, I, and I'll tell you this. Usually when Mac has a good quarterback, we know that here even at Texas, he's got a good quarterback. Mac has his best years. Usually his his blueprint is really aligned with his quarterback peaking um, in their development. And right now, Drake May is supposed to be, you know, Second best quarterback in college football right now behind Caleb Williams. Yeah, drawing comparisons to uh, Justin Herbert, that kind of player. Maybe not as tall mm-hmm. as Justin, but coming out of Oregon. Uh, so we'll we'll talk uh, North Carolina football. Also in that, that our conversation that hour will be with Pete Futak of collegefootballnews.com. His thoughts on Tech and North Carolina in our countdown. Also, what is the ACC's next move? Are they going to uh, go after Cal Berkeley and maybe Stanford in this Crazy world of why not? Hey, you know what? You know what? It's good that now somebody in this realignment saga is being coveted for their academic prowess. Don't let them lie to you. <laughs> well, I know it's all, but that's 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 one of the things that only things that Cal brings to the table. Stanford actually brings a lot to the table. Cal doesn't bring much, but they're a tandem. They've already said, no, no, no we are a package deal. Yeah. So they want to go together. Well, Where do they go? You know what's interesting about number nineteen today is North Carolina. I've been told by by. Uh, you know, conference executives and media folks that, you know, if North Carolina were to want to move, the SEC, their first choice would be to, to, to add North Carolina. It's because of its, the market. The market. Charlotte yeah, is a growing have, yeah. and thriving market. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the basketball is great, obviously, at North Carolina. Oh, typically. you get the Jordan brand in yeah. it, too. So you get a sugar dad. It's nice. Like, like the, I've heard yeah. from folks that they would rather have North Carolina into the SEC than even Clemson. Uh, just because of the, the market size and the, the TV eyeballs. Well, and you got a South Carolina. Yeah, and you've already you got, got South Carolina. You got that market, the rivalry, yeah. See, yeah. And you, you, you got that. You're right. And you create that North-South Carolina rivalry. Mm-hmm. No, it's um, a good point. Yeah, but that would be seen as a as a big one uh, for sure. Do you think they'd rather have Miami or Florida State? Ooh, that Florida, is had, good. I think Florida State. If you oh, had to choose man. one, 
I'd probably choose State. Florida State, but that's good though. That's a good question. That's a that's a good because Miami is yeah. I choose Florida State, but I'm a little biased because hell, I wanted to go to Florida State when I was coming out of college. I wanted to be a a Seminole at one point, so it's a little biased. But I, I take Florida State. That's a good question, though, Ty. Well, I, you know, that's the, a good, that's so a good much, conversation. There's so much info floating around out there that you know what is going to happen next, and we'll get that coming up with Pete Thamel. But also the idea that you know we know that that Florida State, Clemson, and others in the ACC aren't happy, and they're they're openly voicing that. You know, to a point where there are schools talking to. Because if you have to play this massive buyout or you have to come up to some kind of agreement to get out of your granting of rights, Rod, mm-hmm. you know, would it still be worth it long term to be in the SEC and, and collect that huge paycheck that's going to come? And, you know, to the point where there's there's discussions, would ESPN even be open to, to the SEC adding two more, like a Clemson and a Florida State, to make it an 18-team league? Yep. Uh, and then, you know, the SEC's argument would be, okay, then we'll go to a nine-game schedule, which, you know, for ESPN, that's a huge amount of money to have a ninth SEC game for all of those schools, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that becomes a huge, you know, revenue driver that could pay the pay the difference and add more revenue, which this is what it's all about. But obviously, with the, you, if you're if you're the ACC and you're wanting ESPN to do you a favor, well, they already own your rights in the ACC. Exactly, you're negotiating against yourself. Well, and, you, and we talked talked about this with Zach Martin. You don't get to sign long term deals yep. and get that stability of the long term deal, and also say. I want to be. I want to get top mo- top money. Yeah. All right. At each year, I want to be paid top well, why money would you each sign year through twenty thirty six. Twenty thirty. The SEC is going to get to renew before they do. I yeah, believe. Yeah. That's well, crazy. Look, it's part of the problem with the Pac twelve because the Pac twelve signed that three billion ten, yeah. dollar deal yeah, twelve, 12 years year ago, deal. and yeah. they're they're still on that deal, yeah, which came in twenty eleven. Yeah. It's a good point. And but Florida State is Florida State's going to leave at one point. This is what this is what the Florida State board chairman said. He said. Uh, about breaking the grant of rights. He said, we have gotten a lot of counsel on that document, and that will not be a document that keeps us from taking action. <laughs> he said, I'll leave it at that. And when uh, another member, kind of uh, Drew Weatherford, he is a trustee for Florida State, he says, it's not a matter of if we leave, in my opinion. It's a matter of who and when we leave. Not everyone may agree with that, but I feel strongly about it. Wow. So they're saying the quiet part out loud. They want out. It is interesting, uh, without a doubt. Uh, and one other note on that, uh, the urinals at the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, new facility. Ty, the entire facility was $120 million. So okay. The whole thing, not the Ooh. urinals, but the urinals. Thank goodness. This came from uh, Scott Hansen of NFL Network. He says, uh, you're about to see the most advanced urinals in all of pro sports. Jacksonville headquarters, they, the sensor will measure your hydration level as you relieve yourself. If the light turns green when you go, you're good. If it's yellow, you need to hydrate. See more. If it goes red, you're probably going to get a note from the athletic trainers to maybe have an IV. And these are only the urinals or the toilets also smart I, in this way? I don't Because I just go to the toilet. That's right. <laughs> I don't That's right. my business. I went to a restaurant the other day that had one of those nice Japanese toilets. I don't know what that what is. What does a Japanese toilet do? What makes it so unique? It opens automatically. has a bidet. Sea sea warmer. Uh, I will confirm. I will confirm that I have never used a bidet. I haven't either, but I do wonder why we don't, as Americans, use more bidets. I do wonder why it's not a thing. I mean, I will buy good toilet paper, and I I have. uh, I'm I'm a fan of the handy wipe. You know what I'm saying? I love the good toilet paper too. But why not not both? 
both is fine. I'm with trying me. to be Double as sanit- sanitary as possible. Why not both? Why can't we have both? I'm fine why, with both. Why we got to be one or the other? Why this we is just a no judgment why zone? We, yeah, toilet paper or a bidet. <laughs> I want both. Well, once you have the bidet, I deserve both. My it, bottom deserves both. It's hard to go back once once you've. Oh, I can imagine the luxury. Luxury. Oh yeah. Uh huh. You can oh, sit yeah. in there all day. <laughs> can I control the water Sit temperature? All yeah. day. No, I can get I can get warm. And it, the the toilet Ooh. seat's situated to where your legs it's like impossible for your legs to fall asleep. By the so, way, somebody texted us okay. said Joey McGuire. Maybe I need to pursue this. Joey McGuire number mm-hmm. 20 in our Ian Rod B countdown. Joe McGuire tweeted that Texas Tech has those urinals too. Hydration runs through Lubbock. Wow. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you. Hey, Tech Tech they Tech fans right now, man. They feel they're feeling themselves. They feel good about their uh their coach, Joe Me the Money. Joe Me the Money. Joe yeah. McGuire. Hey, let's get the headlines and then uh continue these conversations. We're going behind the burn orange curtain at the bottom of the hour. Let's hit it. Top Gun, equipment rentals bring you the news. Yeah, we'll talk plenty of Texas football at the bottom of the hour. Longhorns wrapped up their fifth spring uh, practice of or training camp practice yesterday. Steve Sarkeesian met the media, talked about uh, standout players early. So far, he immediately mentioned Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton, a couple of defensive tackles. Then praised the early work from transfer wide receiver A.D. Mitchell, as well as freshman wideout Jontae Cook. We'll hear from Sark coming up. Offensive line is expected to be a strength for Texas this season. We know that. All five returning starters. Several young, talented players pushing them from behind. One of those returning starters is six-year right tackle Christian Jones, who has seen a lot in his time on the 40 Acres. In his six years, we mentioned, extremely optimistic about what he's seeing from this year's team. I believe that um, the soccer room is very special. And, uh, I mean, I've been here longer than some of the bricks in the building. Like, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not joking when I say, like, this the soccer room is, is very special and it's a real brotherhood bond and, like, People are staying late, you know what I mean, getting extra reps in and like voluntarily no one has to tell them like they want to be great, everyone wants to be great and um, the, the hunger is there and like uh, I just am very excited to see. USA Today preseason coaches poll released yesterday with uh, Georgia atop it, Michigan number two, Bama three, Texas comes in at number 12, they are the highest ranked Big 12 team in the preseason, TCU 16, K-State 17, OU at 19, Texas Tech 24, and A&M 25 in the first coaches poll. Uh, Elsewhere in college athletics, Pac-12 down to just four schools after the defection of five universities on Friday. The four remaining schools, including Cal and Stanford, scrambling to find a place to land. Uh, Big 12 has already added four of those former Pac-12 schools, but reports yesterday indicated that the Big 12 and their leadership not planning to expand any further. Happy where they are. ESPN's Pete Thamel did report this morning that ACC leaders are set to begin exploratory discussions on the potential addition of Cal and Stanford, but those scheduled discussions are considered to be in the embryonic stages. Major League Baseball, uh, light night. Last night, Astros and Express both off. Rangers did go to Oakland and beat the uh, A's 5-3. Texas with two in the eighth to uh, break a 3-3 tie tie and build their lead over Houston in the AL West to three full games now. Some bad news for the Rangers yesterday. The official word, the third baseman Josh Young, Going to have surgery on his left thumb this week. He'll miss six weeks. Hoping to have him back for the uh, playoffs if they can get there. Speaking of Houston, they spent their day off at the White House in Washington, being honored for their 2022 World Series championship. Dusty Baker made it clear that his club is happy with winning last year, but, man, they're ready to go do it again. I said the night we won that if we won one, we'd win two. And so now i got to keep my word. I like keeping my word. <laughs> Getting the, getting the laugh there. Houston will open a big series in Baltimore tonight. First place Orioles sport the best record in the American League. Framber Valdez making his first start since that no-no. Round Rock will open a six-game home series with Albuquerque tonight at Del Diamond. 
Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Top Guns join forces with the legendary Austin Outdoor Power to give you the best lines of outdoor power equipment and the fastest repair turnaround times in town. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. The Longhorns ranked number 12 in the coaches' preseason poll. Yeah. We talked about that. You believe it's the perfect place for them. They're right outside the top 10. They are the highest ranked Big 12 team. Um, and, it, you know, with the expectation this year is that Texas is not only, you know, the top team in the Big 12, uh, but they should, if they take care of business, they should get a chance to get into a much larger conversation potentially. If they are the best team in the Big 12, that means they're going to be in the college football playoff conversation. And, you know, the teams right now that are ahead of them in this coaches poll, Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Bama 3, Ohio State 4, LSU 5, USC 6, Penn State 7, Florida State 8, Clemson 9, Tennessee 10, Washington at 11. Um, You know, obviously those teams, they play in conferences where there are other teams that are ranked pretty high. Uh, Texas, the nearest Big 12 team to them after 12 is TCU at 16, which has a lot of questions. They lost a ton last year. Yeah, TCU for they sure. Lo- I but, mean, uh, Sonny Dykes is the reigning national coach of the year. He's great. And, you know, as I said, when, they, when we went to uh, Big 12 Media Days last month, I said the, the, the coach with some bulletin board material is Sonny Dykes because, you know, they show up having played for the national championship last year and they're picked to finish fifth. It's like, you know, they probably, that might be right. Same time, if you're Sonny Dykes and you're looking for motivation, hey, guys, look at them. We were in the national title game last year. They got Texas way up there at number one. Where were they? Mm -hmm. Playing in San Antonio while we were playing in the uh, national championship game. (laughs) And when I look at this AP poll, this coaches poll, AP poll will be out this week, I look at it and think, you know what? I think K-State's looking at it saying, huh, K-State, we won the Big 12 last Mm -hmm. year. We got a bunch of dudes back. Got our whole offensive line back. We recruited a guy that's the preseason freshman of the year in the Big 12 at running back from Florida State who's going to replace Deuce Vaughn and with our whole offensive line back. We have our quarterback back. Um, as you mentioned, they got a young young defensive backs. They're, mm-hmm. and they're, they're coming back, and they're all the way down at 17 with Texas at 12. A team like Tennessee, who would you pick head-to-head on a neutral field right now, Tennessee or K-State, in a football game? Honestly, I know I know much I know so much more about K State, so obviously I'd lean that way. But probably because I know, but I'm with you. I think Tennessee Tennessee lost a ton. Yeah, they're, exactly. And Tennessee hasn't been established as they're being back for a long time. Well, well, that yeah. could easily be an outlier. With Hendon Hooker season. last year in yeah. his you know fifth year, he had a great, and then he got hurt at the end. But you know Jalen Hyatt, their best receivers, off to the NFL. Um, running. What did I see? Jalen Hyatt as a rookie. Was clocked in training camp running 24 miles an hour. Yeah, he's been impressive too, actually. <laughs> yeah, they, he looks uh, good. But they lost a bunch of dudes. And again, I just I think and that's not not to, to make it a huge thing about TC or about Tennessee, but I think they've got to prove it again. Like Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama. Come on, they're they're there every year. You're right. Tennessee's just getting to that point. Uh, Kansas State, I think, has uh, shown. Agreed. They they're they're a good football team. And Kleiman's a hell of a coach. He might and be the best. Obviously, coach in the, Big at the end of the year they played Alabama in that Sugar Bowl and got destroyed. So that but again, this is not talking about Alabama, we're talking about Tennessee. And I think I think if you're Chris Kleiman, you've got some bulletin board stuff you can you can talk about. Hey guys, we're the defending champs and we're way down here at seventeen. Hmm. Let's go win some ball games. That's uh and, and you know, you played the game. Coaches do do that. They, of course. They use those, those oh, yeah, of no doubt. That's easy. That's easy, man. That's sometimes just to motivate guys. They see it on their own, but you can have that conversation with them, and, hey, they'll take all the advantages they can get. That's right. <laughs> and Chris Kleiman's a championship coach wherever he's been, so I'm assuming he's uh, he's wise to use those type of things. 
because uh, it's it's the speculation year time. It's the talking season. Uh, games will be played here in about 25 days. Greatest all-time Ooh. Longhorn 25. Is that Jamal Charles? Oh, it's got to be. I can't think of it. Ty, greatest 25, Jamal Charles. That's my guy. It wasn't B.J. Foster. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Greatest Sam Houston Bobcat, Bearcat. Hey, hey. Hey, I don't even know if that's the case. You'd be disrespecting the <laughs> yeah, Bearcats out there, man. Hey, so let's uh, shift gears quickly. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain, bottom of the hour here from Sark, uh, talking about the early standouts in camp, five practices in. But uh, one of the uh, the greatest guests uh, of this time slot that we've ever had is with us on the Vicaros Hotline, Vicaros Cafe and Cantina. He is our great friend J.J. Gotch. The uh, how about the PBR team series? The Austin Wranglers off to a five and O start, one game up on the Carolina nice. Cowboys, and they are rolling into the month of August. J.J. with us. What's up, Jay? The gamblers, not the Wranglers. Oh, e. Sorry, I'm looking. Come on, man. Oh, I said the, the gamble. I'm looking right at it because I was Come reading. On, the, I was reading the standings here. Austin Gamblers. Austin Gamblers. Five and O. <laughs> hey, great start so far, man. You guys are uh, you guys are picking up right where you want to be. No, it's it's been a it's been a fun start so far. Um, you guys have been around in sports, so it's we we've we've made the right plays at the right time. Uh, we definitely had haven't had really any dominating wins. Um, but the right guys have stepped up at the right times. Jose Vitor Leme, Dalton Castle, they're, they're number one and number three in the MVP standings right now. They've ridden when we need them, needed them too. So, yeah, it's been a fun start. We're, we're exactly where we want to be out in front, and, and we just hope to keep the momentum going into Anaheim this weekend and then Nashville the following weekend, and then we're at the Moody Center at the end of the month. Yeah, so the team-by-team uh, team and the site-by-site site Anaheim this week. How was Frontier Days? I know that was a uh, real thrill to do the outdoor events the uh, during the week, uh, that great event at Frontier Days for, for Rodeo. How did that go? It's awesome. Um, you know, just, just to be in that environment, you know, the largest Western sports event uh, in the United States, to be a part of that tradition, um, to, to be able to be there, obviously a little bit cooler weather than what we've experienced in Austin the last 30 days was also nice. Um, but just a great way to kick off the season, wildly different than our arena shows. Um, but just it just feels authentic, and it just feels like the right place to start. Um, and then for us to, to get two wins there and win the event, it was it was a pretty great experience. You did win it five and zero. Jose v, Jose Vitor Leme off to a great start, uh, and and at five and zero, four and one. The Carolina Cowboys are right there. Uh, I see where the, 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 if you go to the standings, the the rider ride percentage. You guys are at thirty six percent. Carolina's at forty percent, and then the rider winnings hundred ten thousand five hundred for you guys. Ooh. So does that mean so when you guys win, the individual riders also win prize money? Is that correct? Correct. The team, the organization wins money, and the individual riders do as well. Um, so we, last year, the gamblers were the only team to, to win over a million dollars in prize money. Um, the guys are off to a good start right now. Jose's had a hell of a start so far. Um, but, yeah, so each each week, uh, in, in addition to riding for, for prizes and buckles, these guys are, are they're riding for money. Um, and so they, it's, uh, from an individual standpoint, these riders are making money, and then the organization as well. J.J. Gotch is with us, the Austin Gamblers, sitting atop the PBR Team Series, headed to Anaheim this weekend. And as you mentioned, J.J., only a couple of weeks out to your event here at Moody Center. Uh, it's the once a year here in Austin. Uh, I know I saw where William Clark Green has been added to the uh, entertainment lineup, which William's a good friend, and what a great performer he is. Uh, man, the, the excitement builds with your group, and tell us uh, how folks can be a part of that in a couple of weeks. 
No, we're, we're excited. We're, we're really trying to make this not just bull riding, but a three-day celebration of Western sports and Western lifestyle and, and Western heritage. As you mentioned, we're going to have a t- uh, entertainment before each day. Uh, we've got Warren Zeters. We've got William Clark Green. We've got Kevin Fowler. Uh, we're going to have a Yellowstone presence each day. We're doing giveaways of caps and T-shirts to the first 1,000 people on Friday and Saturday. Uh, Yellowstone Dutton Ranch hat, Yellowstone Dutton Ranch uh, T-shirt. And then on uh, Sunday, Championship Sunday on the 27th, it's, it's our kids' day. Uh, free kids' tickets with the, uh, with the purchase of an adult ticket in the first 500 kids. We're going to give Austin Gambler's belt buckles to um, so again, just it's just going to be a fun three-day celebration. There, we're bringing in the best bull riders and the best bull athletes in the world, um, and just excited to, to host it at a great location like the Moody Center. No question. I had a conversation with somebody yesterday who was good, who's got their tickets. They've they've watched the ride on on Prime Video. They're all in, and they said, "Well, how does it work? Do I have to go each night?" And I tried to explain. Well, Friday night, you'll, you'll the the Wranglers, or the uh, Gamblers will face one team, and then Saturday, different team. Uh, it is something you go to all three if you want to, but if you just could catch one, that's still going to be plenty of entertainment for you. No, exactly. And each night's a completely different experience, um, but it's you know, again, it's. We're going to be playing. We can be playing Carolina on Friday, Kansas City on Saturday, and then Oklahoma on Sunday. And then the fun part about Sunday is it being Championship Sunday is that if there are two teams that are tied for the event weekend lead, uh, say two teams are three and zero, or there's four teams that are two and one, those teams there'll be a there'll be basically be a write off right afterwards, sudden death, and whoever stays on for eight seconds and gets the highest score that team wins the weekend, uh, which we were fortunate to do in Cheyenne, and then we fell a little bit short in Kansas City. Um, but yeah, it's, it, all three days are great. And, you know, I, I think you can come to all three. You can go to just one. Yeah. All three are just one. That Carolina, I, I know having watched the prime video series, I mean, you guys in Carolina are kind of the Yankees and the Red Sox, right? You guys are, <laughs> you guys have the deepest pockets and uh, the biggest brands. Cause I, you know, the Carolina team, if you're a NASCAR fan, they're owned by Richard Childress racing and run that way. I mean, you guys have a, uh, you know, you know, good owner, really good ownership. And that's the Friday night. It's safe to say you tell you two are the heavyweights of the PBR right now. No, for sure. I think that's the best way to, to describe it. Is that, and they're stacked. They've got four different world champions on their roster. Um, they went out and spent a bunch of money in the offseason. Um, we had a huge game with them on uh, Saturday night in Kansas, or on Friday night in Kansas City. We were able to win by just two points. Uh, so it kind of set the tone. We've got four games with them this year. We actually faced them on the first night this weekend in Anaheim on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, we play Kansas City, who just won their home event. So it's going to be another tough weekend for us. So the, um, the schedule makers, while they gave us a couple easy non-conference games early, uh, we're rolling out Georgia, Alabama, and uh, Tennessee <laughs> right now. I love it. J.J. Gotch, it's good to hear you, my friend. And uh, Anaheim this weekend, uh, get your tickets for the event, the 25th through the 27th. It's Gambler Days out at Moody Center with the live music and the celebration of Western culture. And, uh, J.J., remind our audience how people can listen or see the event this weekend out in Anaheim. So this weekend in Anaheim on Saturday, it's going to be on Pluto TV which you can stream for free. There's a PBR Ride Pass app. And then on Sunday, we're going to be on CBS Sports Network. So you can see the gamblers live on CBS Sportsnet. CBS Sportsnet. JJ, thanks, buddy. Good to hear you. Thanks for joining us here this morning. And uh, best of luck. Look forward to a couple of weeks from now. Well, I appreciate you guys and excited for the future for you guys. I just love to continue to be able to hear you guys on the radio and, and keep talking about sports in Austin. 
Thank you, Thanks, bud. JJ. Thanks, JJ. JJ Gotch, Austin Gambler. You know, like I just flashed back because I used to uh, I used to be the play-by-play on the Austin Wranglers the uh, Arena yeah. Football League team. You were telling me that the other day. Austin you were talking Wranglers. about that. playing in that same. Well, that was in the old Irwin Center. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think about playing in the Arena League, Rod? Oh no, I played for the Wranglers for a little you while. Did? Like uh, I didn't play, but I practiced with the Wranglers for a little while. I never played though. I I decided to hang it up after that. What was that I like to go that from was the, for, for a full lifetime career in yeah. big field football trying to play in the arena game? Totally different animal. Yeah, that's why I knew it was it was it was the end. It was time. It was time to hang it up. I, I was out there with the Austin Wranglers. They were practicing at the um oh man, at the uh the complex, the palace. On Palmer. Uh, uh yes, at the time, I believe. I believe that's what they were they were practicing. And I believe at that moment I saw myself in the mirror going out one day for practice for the Wranglers, and I decided it might be time. Rod to B. go, Rodby. It might be time. I'm Just, surprised they weren't practicing at Zilker Park or something like yeah, that. No, yeah, they, yeah. At <laughs> wow. the time, they That's, still were still kind of trying to spend some money. Yeah, but, I used to go to those games. Those games are fun. Yeah. No, it's a fun Buck sport. And I to had play. a great time calling those. Yeah, games. Yeah, it's a fun sport, but it was brutal. Oh, it was it was it was high paced. And, yeah. Uh, you know what I would say? The Austin Gamblers and the PBR, having been there last year at Moody Center, is kind of the same. It's high octane. Yeah. It's adrenaline. It's you were talking earlier, Rod, about animal attacks oh. and doing dangerous things. That's as dangerous as it gets riding those bulls. Yeah, I don't know if honestly <laughs> you can make the argument that might be one of the most dangerous sports, if not the most dangerous sport on the planet. Well, it's be- up there. Before it rolls <laughs> in and you get yeah, that's the gambler days, make sure you watch that series on Amazon. Oh man. Prime it video. Is, Prime, Prime video. It's traumatic just watching them and going through like all the injuries and oh. stuff and oh man, they broken bones and they I mean they 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 play injured just like every other sport. So they they're playing with broken stuff and bruised stuff. It's crazy what they go through. AustinGamblers.com to get those tickets. As you mentioned, it's a couple of weeks out, 25th, 6th, and 7th. They'll be in Anaheim this weekend. We're coming back, going behind the burn orange curtain. We also go off the record before the end of the hour. <laughs> a Tuesday. Ian Rodby, still looking for a great new name for the show. We've had more really good selections this morning. At the end of the show yesterday, somebody mentioned five and five because we go five hours a day every day of the week, so five days a week. Five and five, Mm -hmm. not strong. This says sports sports talk with a dash of salt and pepper. (laughs) 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 Dash of salt and pepper. Hey now. Uh, continue to bring those specs text on five one two three three seven three seven seven six. Also on our social media, Twitter, Twitter pages, Threads page. Do we have a Threads page? I think we have a Threads no. page. We don't. Brother, we now nobody called... uses their Threads though. Everybody just signed up to get their name on it. We're not doing Threads. And nobody, I haven't used it since I signed up. For I it. still use X. I haven't looked at it. X well, marks. By the X. way, we'll get an update coming up and off the record. But it appears that the much anticipated Elon Musk. Mark Zuckerberg battle the fight may not happen. It may yeah. not happen. I may thought not it was, happen. I thought it was happening. I thought it was going to happen on Twitter, live on Twitter. I got deals. I got news. Oh, I've got news. Come on, we all. I got news. We just want to see some billionaires, you know, beat each other up. That'd be nice. Also, we deserve that. Uh, we'll have other off the record conversations. We've been talking about a lady in in Silsby, Texas, down near Houston. Somebody reminded us that Silsby is the home of one Mark Henry. WWE legend. Legend, Mark mm-hmm. Henry. Hall of Famer. Lady mowing her lawn, just out on her riding lawnmower, and a snake was dropped onto her arm from above. Who didn't know where it came from? Started wrapping around her arm. 
when a hawk, who apparently had dropped said snake, attacked the snake to get it back off of her arm. And we have tweeted that out. So we've been talking about animal attacks and just how... Ripped her arm to shreds trying to get that damn snake. Ripped it. And we still don't know what kind of snake it was. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because he could have, the hawk could have done her a favor if the snake was. I don't think she knew at this point because the snake's now gone. Because the after. Was she bitten by the snake? Or just clawed by the talons of the hawk? Clawed by the talons of the hawk. She had no poison. Wow. No venom. And she credits the hawk for saving her life, but at the same time, she didn't know what kind of snake it I was. I know, exactly. it could have just been a harmless snake. And then they, they did, oh, just, just been wrapping around her arm. arm to like, hey, save me, save me, lady. <laughs> it could have been just a grass snake or something. I don't know. Anyway, hey. it, it must have been pretty large, though. Yeah. It had to be pretty large to wrap around her arm. So That's a story, man. That is a story. But and I Ty told us that. that she actually had there the odds of that happening. Are so remote that you actually have a higher chance of getting struck by lightning than have a snake. Yeah, much higher. Fall from the sky, wrap around your arm. No, it was a hawk. Ho- well, the snake wasn't factored into the equation. Oh, uh, it was just a hawk attack. Just a hawk. Okay, just a hawk attack. I'm sorry, just a hawk attack. Which- so we'd probably have to say so the hawk attacks one and one and a half a billion. So probably and you get both of those things yeah. all at one time one on one trip around okay. the. Uh, and as, as someone used to to do the riding lawnmower thing, I, that's always a fear of some type of something just animal attack just coming out coming after you. Well, our house in Beauty used to back up to a green belt, and there was no fence, so I'd be mowing along the, the line there, not the line, but the tree line. I always worry about something popping out of there. <laughs> I'm more worried Bobcat about spiders. Or something. Than I know snakes. That, spiders. Uh, yeah, scorpions. Spiders freak me out. Like, a bit. You can pick up a, like 90% of snakes aren't venomous. You can just pick them up, throw them away. This is nope. I was attacked not by, doing, not by, doing that. that don't attacked. take Ty's advice, people. Don't <laughs> just pick them up and throw them away. Unless you hear that rattle, then um, stay away. You, you, yeah. There you go. Because I was attacked right. by two boxers while riding my bike when I was a kid. Dog. Oh. Boxers. Yeah, those are big. Yeah, I, I remember being chased by dogs as a kid. It's always yeah, that's that's terrible. What about this? Just this last in June, my daughter, my twenty one year old daughter, was bit by a dog in our neighborhood. She was walking back. She had gone up to Onion Creek to, to work out at the club there at the gym and was walking back and she a dog got loose out of a backyard on her walk and it was a it was like a Australian cattle dog. And apparently according to the owners, the dog never gets out and it snapped it <gasps> snipped right on the back of her heel. Like what? right on her Achilles, yeah. Bitter. I had to run her to the uh emergency oh, clinic and got blood never oh no stitches, Broke? but okay. it, it bled pretty good. That's crazy. See, that's why I tell my my wife walks around the neighborhood, and I have a I have a stick that I walk with sometimes. Yeah. Because I had a dog that was attacked, like a pit bull attacked in one of my chocolate laps when I was out walking, and ever since then I actually walk with a basically a weapon. It's not a weapon, but it's a stick that I could use as a weapon. You gotta have something if a, if a dog comes. Out. And I tell her all the time, I say, you need to walk with this woman because if you get attacked by a dog, what are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you going to do against a uh, pit bull or something coming to attack you? Nothing you can do. You can't run. You ain't fast enough. Yeah, and she was just walking, and she was, there was construction going on on one side of the street, like the you know workers. 
And it's just, uh, you know, Onion Creek's a safe neighborhood, but yeah. it's just what happenstance. Amen. And it's a cattle dog, and apparently that's what the cattles do. They When they're, uh, when they're yeah. rounding up the cattle, they nip at their, nip their at heels. To yeah. get them going. And it got her pretty good. So it treated her like what he Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's actually, that's, I've all the place to be bit, that's actually one of the places. Well, it turned out to be not good because we were leaving that next day for her 21st birthday trip oh, to Nashville. No. And she had gotten these new cowboy boots. She was oh. on the floor. Oh, that's why your women wanted to wear her shoes, and she probably couldn't wear the shoes she, she wanted could. to wear. It's, it was just swollen. It was. Uh, it got her good. Hey, so we'll take those. This is when maybe the worst one. The, this fits y'all's theme today of animals and urinating. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing football in the yard as a kid in the 80s my, and was stung by a single fire ant just inside my pee hole. Oh, how? <laughs> Jesus. How? Worst Thanksgiving ever. Burned oh. for three days. Oh, you probably like fell down like in, into a pile or something like that. Got up. It happens when you're a kid. I'd mm. rather be attacked by a hawk and a snake than that happen. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. I don't think hawk I would. Hawk and a snake than a fire ant in the pee hole. Yes. 100%. <sighs> wow. I'm with you. I'm, I'm not, yeah, signing me up. I'm, yeah. bullish, I'm bullish on that. How are you going to take care of your jellyfish stings? If- oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, okay, wow. let's. Uh, that was traumatic, let's, man. Let's, let's take a sharp turn into Please. the. Uh, and get ourselves behind the BOC. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, Sark met with the uh, media yesterday right after practice, and he had a lot of different things to say. One of the things he spoke about were the standouts um, that he's noticed uh, so far in the early practices um, and some of the standouts that he mentioned, a couple of positions here, uh, but some of the standouts he mentioned actually led us to a conversation we got into earlier. Here is Sark yesterday meeting with the uh, Texas media. we got some pretty good weapons. You know, I'm trying to build a roster that is complete, um, and, and I think that we now have, have a really good you know, receiving core uh, to go along with JT and, and his first two years look like. I always remember, for whatever reason, everyone kept asking me about him his freshman year like he was some sort of disappointment or something because he wasn't starting and, you know, and catching a bunch of balls. And our, I kept saying he's developing at the position. And then so last year he goes out and catches 55 balls. Um, but we kind of feel like there's so much more room for growth for him. Like he can still go to another level. He's such a dynamic playmaker. He's got great hands. And the biggest thing to me is he is so smart. JT Sanders is probably one of the offensive side of the ball for us. He's got an extremely high football IQ. We ask a lot of him. He understands what we're trying to do when we call specific plays. And then he runs his routes accordingly. So I think it does lend itself to where there could be some more opportunities for him down the field because of his understanding of coverages to go along with his physical ability to go do those types of things. I said it earlier this year, uh, but if JT Sanders doesn't leave Texas as the most statistically prolific tight end in Texas football history, I do believe um, and that would be disappointing. And something must have gone wrong somewhere because he's so close to a lot of these categories. The Texas record for most touchdown catch- catches in a single season for a tight end is eight. Um, hell, he had, what, five last year, so he can definitely get close to that. You go look at uh, David Thomas owns the record for most catches for a tight end in a single season. Um, oh, sorry, in a career. Sorry, most uh, touched, most uh, career catches is 98. But JT broke the season 
The yeah, season. season yes, I'm talking about career. My yeah, bad. Yes, yeah. so I was talking about career. Career is 98. He's already got 54. So, you know, he could easily end up with say, another season like that. He'll get that record as well. Uh, most receiving yards in a single season is 637 by William Harris. Uh, JT had 613 last season, so he's really close there as well. Um, you go look at most receiving yards in a career, uh, 1,367 by David Thomas. Hell, he had 613 last season. If he just gets close to 600, you know, a little under 700 yards, he could break that record too. There are like three or four different records potentially that he could break. Um, so it's – and in most touchdown catches, I think, for a uh, – tight end a single season i believe that record is owned by david thomas too i don't know if jt will get there that's double digits that's at 10 i don't know if he'll get there um but i think he can get three or four of those tight end records and if he doesn't i think uh, that'd be disappointing for me or that just means ad mitchell and john Tay cook along with x-man that the receivers just gobbled up so much of the target share that he just kind of got lost in the shuffle which also to me would be a shame and disappointing because I think he's one of the best tight ends in the country. Well, here's Sark right there. I mean, I don't think he's going to forget about him because, as you said to me many times as a defensive player, you know, that guy is the – he can be Travis Kelsey in this offense because – I'm not saying he is Travis Kelsey big picture, but I'm saying, you know, he's going to have a matchup that's favorable. I mean, he really is going to have – if you're trying to worry about X-Man and Isaiah Nair and, and Jordan Whittington or even, um, you know – Whichever receivers are on the field, this guy's a problem. This guy's a big problem. Who covers him? If you're if you're a cornerback like yourself, Rod, I mean, he's too big for you, right? He can, he can play basketball with you. Mm-hmm. And then if you're trying to put a big you know linebacker on him, he's going to run away from that linebacker most of the time. And um, you know, one thing with JT, get him involved early, get him engaged in the game. Uh, typically helps his him uh, you know being being mentally there the whole time. But I love that comment about how smart he is. And a smart tight end that's that athletic, that can be dangerous because he can find the holes, understand the route trees, and where the soft spot of the defense is. That can be a really, really scary thing. And if you're if you're Quinn yours, look for old zero because he's big, and he's got to he can go up and catch the ball. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to overthrow Jatavion Sanders that often. Yeah, no, I agree. And he is uh, actually one of the favorite targets of JT Sanders. Remember, they linked up last year on a couple of uh, broken plays, where plays where Quinn had to improvise, keep the play alive, ended up getting it to JT Sanders, making some big plays. So a lot expected from uh, JT Sanders this year. Pro Football Focus has him as the second-best tight end behind Brock Bowers, which makes sense because Brock Bowers is uh, – he's, he's actually – I think Brock Bowers made the – I think there are two tight ends that actually made the Belitnikoff Award watch list. Wow. Which I didn't even know tight ends could make that list. I didn't either. Yeah, it was weird. Anyway, um, getting back to it, the the sound yesterday from uh, Sark, he also pointed out some younger standouts, guys who are stepping up, becoming impact players so far in camp. Uh, here is Sark talking about those, uh, those standouts. You know, some guys that I think are, are just really standing out, playing well. I think Alfred Collins has a really good camp so far. Uh, I think Vernon Broughton showed up. I think A.D. Mitchell has really showed up. Um, definitely see the improvement in, in Jonte Cook. Um, just to ask me, so. There you go. So he, uh, we talked about the receivers and what that means, Jonte Cook and A.D. Mitchell. We'll talk more about them because Sark actually got into the weapons and how <laughs> – really how impressed he is even with the amount of weapons that Texas has on offense this year. But the the presence of 
Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton. If those two guys can end up becoming impact players on the interior D line last year, it's crazy to say it behind Georgia, Texas might've had the deepest interior D line in the country last year. That's, I know it sounds strange to, to say it, but statistically you go look at their impact and two, two of those guys end up being drafted last season. And you have two more draftable prospects in Brian Murphy and Tavondre Sweat, who were behind Kendrick Colburn and Moro Ojimo last season, in addition to throwing a young Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton into that mix as well. You were just really deep there. And you could, you could just wear out opposing O-lines over a four-quarter game. If you don't have that kind of depth, talented depth, at that position, I do wonder if you'll be able to wear down opponents through four quarters or if you'll get worn down through four quarters because you don't have that depth and you have to play those guys more than you did last season where you were platooning that position and keeping those guys really, really fresh. And that means you're running de- your rush defense. is That's going to regress, and that would even hurt and affect in a negative way your linebackers on the second level because the offensive line would probably have an easier time getting to the second level if your defensive line isn't as dominant in terms of their presence being able to hold up those blocks. And you're still trying to figure out who that linebacker is next to Jalen Ford as well. Uh, but yes, uh, that, that, the fact that those were the first two guys he mentioned, as, he, as we mentioned earlier, he said that unsolicited. That was the start of his press conference. He said, some guys that have stood out, because I know you'll ask me, <laughs> uh, Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton. And remember, Alfred was a five-star player who really grew up, grew up a basketball player, and he's trying to trying to learn to have the tenacity on a play-by-play uh, basis that it takes. I mean, you, you have to be a dog. you got to bring it. Be, yeah. and, and, and I think it's – here's the thing that we've heard about, you know, from the evaluators on Alfred Collins. If he had Byron Murphy's motor, he'd be a top-ten pick in the NFL draft. If he had that guy's motor – and that guy's intensity that Byron Murphy brings to the table every day, uh, Alfred Collins would be one of these first-round draft pick guys with his size and his length and his arms. And, I mean, you'd immediately start thinking of, you know, you know elite player. But it's got to be all, all the time with Alfred Collins. He's got all mm-hmm. the traits. He's got all the traits. And Vernon Broughton, great big lower body, big strong guy who was a four, Both of them. four or five-star player coming out. If they live up to it, though, Rod, the other side is if they, if they don't, but if they are, where Sark is saying he's a guy, that he, those are guys that are showing up early, they have, they, they have a, again, a chance to have one of the deepest rotations on the defensive line in the country. Yes, they do. No doubt. All right, there you go. Uh, there you go. There's the behind the burnt orange curtain. Uh, we'll also get into Sark talking about Jonte Cook and the weapons on this team, uh, which is uh, it's something, you know, all the receivers on top of J.T. Sanders can be very, very scary and make life easy on a guy like uh, Quinn Ewers. Also coming back off. The record. We'll go off the record with some. Did you see that uh, Steph Curry jumped on stage last night? With who? I got. Well, you'll hear it coming up. Jeff Steph Curry jumped on stage, <laughs> and it wasn't. No, it's not hip hop either. Not hip hop. Country? Uh uh-uh, uh. Not. No, it's not country. Pop. Not. Uh, I don't even know what you would phrase it or, mm, or how would you position this in? music. Okay. But we'll let you hear it coming up. Uh, we'll get into the off the record topics coming on uh, E and Rod B on a Tuesday morning. D.D. Mega Doodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break, man. Congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Oh, 
man. Off the record, Rod Babers. Off the record. Some stories that uh, a little off the nose this morning, including I mentioned on the way to the timeout, but uh, apparently at a concert last night, Steph Curry, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, decided to jump on stage and sing along with one of his favorite bands. And you asked earlier, is it pop? Uh, what would you What would you call Paramore? What would you label Paramore? Punk. I, um, I don't. Yeah, um, I don't even know if I know the genre. It says honestly. here, Paramore is an American rock band from okay. Franklin, Tennessee. Oh wow! Currently on their North American tour, Haley Williams is the kind of their lead singer, a female lead singer. Hmm. So apparently, uh, Steph Curry is a fan, and he jumped on stage. Last night at a show of theirs, can we hear a little bit of uh, of Steph Curry oh, on no. the stage with Paramore? This is gonna be terrible. A lot of mumbling. Not a mumbling, not good. That is a song called... Uh, Does he know the words to the song? Apparently not. That's a good song. <laughs> you know the song? I'm a, I'm, I'm a big Paramore it's called guy. Misery, oh. It's called Misery Business. It's probably their biggest go. hit to this point. Okay. Paramore. I've been, I've been to Franklin, Tennessee. That's a cool town uh, down south of Nashville. I'm unfamiliar Civil War Paramore. city. Civil, Civil War town. Me too. Don't know a lot about Paramore, but... Um, Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Apparently. That's the case. Ty's a big fan, and so is Steph Curry. I said I would consider them alt-rock. Alt-rock, Paramore, out of Franklin, Tennessee. There's Steph Curry. Uh, like yours truly, Rod, born in Akron, Ohio. Right, Steph Curry, born in Akron, Ohio. Oh, yes. Yeah, y'all got some. Steph, LeBron, say, the Black yeah. Keys, and me. <laughs> hey, that's a, nice, that's a nice little group, man. Was his dad playing for the Cavs or something? I believe so. Uh, yeah, he was born at the same hospital I was born in, in Akron, Ohio. Greatness. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> got to be born Greatness. somewhere, I guess. Hey, Rodby, what do you have Man, in people, uh, off the record? People love Paramore. Look, you're getting some Paramore fans on the, on the text line. Love Haley. It's, uh, um, this comes from uh, NBC Chicago. Um, got it from um, NBC, NBC, but I also saw it at ABC News, so it's making the rounds. The Loch Ness Center in Scotland. Oh, which, obviously, the Loch Ness Monster is what most people know uh, Loch Ness for. But the Loch Ness Center in Scotland is calling for uh, uh, the budding monster hunters and volunteers to join what it dubs the largest search for the Loch Ness Monster since the 1970s. The visitor attraction said this week that the uh, modern technology, such as drones and uh, different thermal imaging of the lake, uh, will search the waters in a way that has never been done before because of technological advances. The new surface waters uh, search uh, for the fabled Nessie, which is the name nickname given to the Loch Ness Monster, planned for the weekend of August 26th and 27th, is billed as the largest of its kind since the Loch Ness Investigation Bureau studied the Loch Ness Monster, uh, studied the Loch for signs of the Loch Ness Monster in 1972. So there you go. You See? guys interested in searching for Nessie, the not Loch Ness there. monster? It's not there. You don't believe it's that like Bigfoot or something. You don't believe that there's a Loch Ness monster out there? Not a, you know. No, I don't believe there is. I think really? you would know it by now. Okay. Nor do I believe that there is a Bigfoot. You do realize that they have not really been able to document all of the species on our planet. No, right? I do know that. 
Like they know. have, it's only like a really small it's percentage. Like 20 percent. Yeah, they haven't documented a lot of the species on the planet. You just are confidently going to say that there are no, I'm not buying especially the, in I'm the not ocean. Buying the hype. On yeah, the foot. ocean the is like 70, 80 percent of the ocean's unmapped and uncharted. They, I, I would more likely believe the Loch Ness monster in the Loch than I would Bigfoot. Well, there's aliens now, confirmed, pretty much. Yeah, you got your Congress that is meeting and, you know, talking about aliens. Is that more unbelievable than something yes. of this earth? Uh-huh. Really? You I'm think aliens are, you don't believe in aliens? From from where? What, where, where? Where are they from? I, don't, we don't know that, but somebody you know does. the time continuum to try to get from wherever you're talking about to here? I do believe there are aliens out there. The question is, <laughs> then are, they would crash they, into have, Albuquerque, have, New Mexico. Have the aliens, have the aliens <laughs> started saying. to explore our world? The, the question is not there. There's something else out there. The universe is too vast. It, it, are they are they visiting Earth? Is the question. That's really the question for me. Is there, are they? Vis- I don't know if they're if they're visiting Earth. That would be a different discussion. The guy that was like the director of. Yes, he's claiming he that, all but confirms. Yes, he says that. there are bodies and all kind of stuff. I, except that's. Maybe there are, maybe there aren't. That, that's what I think is the, to I'm me, the, the no, mystery. I'm on the no side of that. Well, yeah, you can argue that. That's no because I've, within the next five years, you'll be proved wrong. Guarantee it. Okay. okay. Wow. Oh, well, Ty, well, call your shots. Ty also doesn't believe in the moon landing. Thinks it was all in a set in Hollywood. Somewhere. Yeah, it was a great <laughs> plot to bankrupt the Soviet Union. And it worked perfectly. <laughs> exactly. I, I'll say this though about that: the the theory is that if aliens are anything like us. And they're advanced enough to travel to different worlds through, you know, time and space. Uh, the theory is that they that won't happen and they haven't done it is because if they're like us, they'll use their technology to destroy themselves before they use it <laughs> exactly. to advance their civilization. Because we are now using our technology to destroy ourselves rather than advance our civilization. All right. Well, that's I'm on the no side. <laughs> Ty's on the yes side. Rod is in the undecided. Mm. Uh, you're up to decide tonight uh, on Off the Record. Tonight will be the debut of Hard Knocks, the New York Jets Hard Knocks episode number G-E-T-S, one. Jets, 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 Jets. How about this? New York J E T E Jets. <laughs> How about uh, the the this this crew for Hard Knocks? 120 person crew working 45 straight days to capture 400-plus hours of footage for each one-hour episode that we'll see on Hard Knocks. It's going to be quite in-depth with Robert Sala, Aaron Rodgers, and the Jets. Also tonight, Johnny Manziel's new documentary goes live on Netflix. Yeah, that's wild. Johnny Manziel. Interested there, uh is this Rod a Babers? series uh, documentary series, or are we talking about just one, e- one episode? I think it'll be like an hour and a half. Okay. I, I-, I might check it out. I got nothing against Johnny Manziel. I'll hate watch it. You'll Johnny hate Manziel's watch new it. documentary nice. goes live today. The trailer looks awesome, according to this tweet I'm reading, and it's the Johnny Manziel: The Untold Story. Mm. Okay. What's untold about Johnny's story? What is untold? That's the question. I thought we I thought we knew the story already. It's a great story. We get to watch it tonight on Netflix. Well, hopefully the story's not over for Johnny. Johnny's got a second. He's got another chapter. He's got to write. Because he's still, uh, he's still a, a great brand in college sports. I think we're waiting on the next chapter from Johnny. He tried to play in some of those pro leagues, those semi-pro leagues. Didn't work out for him. Says Maybe the XFL. Over, remember when Jerry Jones wanted to draft him? Was that part of the documentary tonight? And they had to talk him into <laughs> Zach Martin? Uh, uh, I run. Uh-huh. <laughs> a guy he still doesn't want to pay the money to. There are over <laughs> 700 acres of wild forest in America. Bigfoots are out there.
That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, it's just, there's a lot that Everybody is has cameras on their phone. Why does every picture of these alleged Bigfoot, this grainy, shadowy thing? We all have phone <laughs> cameras. Why does it, where does that grainy thing come from? Uh, it's hard to get reception out there yeah. in the wilderness, man. For, for a phone's camera, not working. For a camera? <laughs> hey, we'll be back. We roll on Tuesday on Ian Rod B. Ty as well with the conspiracy theories.